your life, and it's ending one minute at a time. I was blind, but now I see. Working jobs we hate, so we can buy shit we don't need. Ideas are beautiful. If you had one shot, everything I'd ever read, heard, seen was now organized and available. Now you fucking khakis. Life moves pretty fast. The Biohacking Secret Show. In today's show, I sit down with Dr. Joseph Pizzorno. Joseph Pizzorno is one of the world's leading authorities on science-based natural and integrative medicine. He's the author of Total Wellness and co-author of the internationally acclaimed textbook of natural medicine and its companion books, Natural Medicine, Instructions for Patients, and the Handbook of Natural Medicine. He also co-authored the Encyclopedia of Natural Medicine for the Prevention and Treatment of Cancer and the Encyclopedia of Healing Foods. Dr. Pizzorno's most recent undertaking is the creation of a new company, Salu Genetics. Salugenetics Inc., which is creating the next generation of science-based natural medicine, health promotion, and disease reversal system. In this interview, Dr. Pizzorno discusses exciting advances in our understanding and treatment of toxic overload and detoxification. After reviewing over 10,000 research papers and trialing his protocols on thousands of patients, Dr. Pizzorno is a leading authority on this critical area of health management, and he is putting these advanced strategies into his upcoming book to be released in 2017 under the working title, The Detox Cure. We discuss the three sources of toxicity and the one that is most often overlooked, why most of the popular detoxification strategies like juice cleanses just don't work, and what you should be doing instead to rid your body of these toxins and regain your natural energy, health, and vitality, how to tell if you may be dealing with toxic overload, supplements, biohacks, and breakthrough strategies to enhance detoxification, and much, much more. So without further ado, please sit back, relax, and enjoy my conversation with Dr. Joseph Pizzorno. Hey, everyone. I know you'll enjoy the interview. If you'd like to learn more of my top biohacking secrets, get a free copy of my best-selling book called The Biohacker's Guide to Upgraded Energy and Focus for free at biohackersguide.com. It's over 500 pages of my top biohacks, and I'll send it to you for free if you cover a small shipping cost. Get your free copy at biohackersguide.com. So these days, I'm mainly studying one of the foundational concepts of naturopathic medicine, which is detoxification. If you look at naturopathic medicine, it comes down to get nutrients into people, get toxins out. And I've always been more on the get nutrients inside than the toxins outside. And about five, six years ago, that started to change. So I started to see more and more research showing that the primary drivers of disease today are actually toxins now. Not that nutritional deficiencies have gone away, but rather that we've uh, added now an even worse problem. And so, I'm, uh, so yes, we can talk about my book, that's fine, but I want to mainly be talking about how toxins have become such a big problem. If you look at, uh, for example, the diabetes epidemic, which is now 10 times higher than I was in naturopathic medical school 50 years ago, I mean, this is a diabetes increased dramatically. Most of us do to to toxins, pure and simple. Yeah. What portion of the population do you feel is most impacted by toxic overload? What are you seeing? Yeah, that's an extremely good question, and my answer might be a little surprising to you. Um, so first off, you mentioned perimenopausal women. So perimenopausal women, of course, are losing bone. What's in the bone? And it turns out, of course, everybody knows it's a lot of lead in the bone, but most people aren't aware that most of the body load of mercury is in the bone as well. So as women and to a lesser degree 
men in that age of the 50s to 60s, they're actually flooding their systems with mercury and lead. Is my is my is my thinking? Okay, I can't say I've seen any research that says that exactly. I need to look at that. Um, but we do know, of course, that the uh, lead in, that the uh, what's in the bone, and we do know the bone starts to break down. The other thing that happens, which I think is pretty significant, is we've got this whole issue of human resilience. Our bodies have a remarkable ability to protect themselves from everything, you know, toxins, whatever. And that system works pretty well until around the age of 45 to 50. And so I'm seeing a bunch of researchers looking at um, various factors, and we can kind of get away with the toxic exposure until around 40. But at that point, the cumulative damage from the toxins and to the DNA has uh, 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 advanced to a point where we're not as able to detoxify effectively, but also our enzymes are not more susceptible to the environmental toxins because the proteins aren't being made as well <coughs> because of all the damage that's been done uh, to the DNA. That's that's a fascinating theory and not something that had been on my radar is is how loss of bone may actually be increasing uh, the amount of, of toxins that are circulating in, in the system. Yeah, yeah. Now, and so, the next thing to kind of add to this is it, um, it's challenging because, uh, you know, for example, I see a woman with um, great case, uh, 67 years old, uh, thought she was getting Alzheimer's disease, uh, full of mercury, no idea where mercury came from because she didn't have any current exposure, but she just gone through menopause and she lost a bunch of bone. And now she's toxic with mercury. And what is your approach to that? Is it is it try to take steps to prevent uh, loss of bone? Is it improve detoxification detoxification pathways or both? And and what's kind of like the the some of the key steps that you recommend? Right. So for bone, uh, for, for the mercury, I have a, a standard protocol that I use. Uh, so this woman who I mentioned, here's a protocol I put her on. And by the way, she had done two years of IV chelation therapy and got sicker. So the, the oral protocol I put people on, of course, number one is, you know, fight with the source and get rid of it. And then second, uh, help the body get rid of the mercury. So one of the ways the body gets rid of mercury is by excreting it through the liver into the gut. Now... Normally, as you evolve as a species, of course, there'd be a lot of fiber in the gut, and that mercury binds to the fiber. Well, unfortunately, the fiber's not there anymore. So you get what's called intrahepatic recirculation. So 99% of mercury that's dumped into the gut gets reabsorbed into the body. I've got real clear research study that shows this. So to get people fiber, it increases the binding to mercury in the gut. So you want a really, really safe way of getting uh, mercury and other toxins out of the body simply increase the person's level of mercury. Okay, now, now, then after that, um, I use tubes. Uh, one's a supplement, one's a kind of semi-drug. The supplement is N-acetylcysteine, good old NAC. Uh, NAC increases glutathione production, and glutathione is one of the best ways to buy this through mercury. But also, uh, the, the NAC actually binds to methyl mercury, the kind of mercury we get from fish, for example. So it's actually quite, quite good to get mercury out. But again, the fiber and NAC are slow, it takes time. Then I also use oral DMSA. I use it at a very low dosage, so just 250 milligrams every third day. And I use that at that low dose to avoid uh, adverse drug reactions, although people who are self sensitive may eventually run into trouble. Um, but that also does a nice job of binding to mercury and to lead. So, as an example, this woman I just described to you, uh, when we started, 
her uh, mercury with challenge testing uh, was over 20. It's like 27, I think it was. And she was quite symptomatic. Uh, so we treated her after six months, she was down to 13. Another six months, she was down to seven. Another six months, she was down to three and a half. So a year and a half, all her symptoms were gone. Yeah. Is that is that what you tend to see with using that protocol of the DMSA, the N-acetylcysteine, and the fiber? It usually takes about a year to two years? My experience is yes, one to two years. For example, I have a woman with the high levels of lead, uh, again, perimenopausally, um, tremor. She thought it was old age tremor, so her doctor told her. Uh, she had quite a lot of lead, no known exposure, but she just got to menopause. Uh, we're now two years later. We've gotten rid of two-thirds of her lead, still higher than I would like. But she started at 30. We're now down to 11. And her tremor's on. Okay. But again, it takes time. This is not easy. Do you believe that there is a connection between toxic overload and Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, some of those conditions? Oh, absolutely. No, no question about it. When, when you're talking about increasing fiber, is that through the consumption of more plants, particularly vegetables, or do you use other sources? Do you use supplements? Right. So uh, obviously I give people dietary recommendations on, on fiber and also give them supplements. Now the supplement I use, uh, and I need to do a little um, conflict of interest, I, I recommend people uh, PGS. And the reason I recommend PGS to them is that when I first used it in this couple wells program I did in Canada where I was looking at 4,500 oil field workers, a bunch of them had high mercury levels, and we were given the PGX for two reasons. One is I could get it cheaply, and two is it's actually really good at, at um, stabilizing blood sugar levels by helping, helping um, improve insulin sensitivity. Um, I am a consultant to a company called Natural Factors, and Natural Factors sells PGX. Okay, I don't get commission or anything, but I just want to disclose. disclose. Right. My, my belief is that any fiber should work just fine. That's why I tell people. I said, now, if you want to use uh, PGX, that's fine, because I, I just haven't had data on PGX working, but I don't care what they use. Whatever they want to use is fine. Yeah, I, I use and recommend a number of natural factors products. Their uh, Tranquil Sleep Formula is great for people that are that are struggling there, and um, they've got a lot of good stuff. And, um, and also one of the manufacturers that does it right. Uh, you know, I, obviously, w- with my reputation, it's not something that I gamble with. And so uh, I've done a quite a thorough investigation of the actual quality available at Natural Standards. And uh, I'm sorry, at, at, at uh, Natural Factors. And uh, they, they do it right, which is really good. Yeah, they're, they're really good at what they do. Do you use anything like infrared saunas, dry saunas, bioidentical hormone replacement therapy, coffee enemas, bentonite enemas, enzymes, any of those things? I just rattled off a ton, I know. Right. right. So I believe saunas are great. Uh, it doesn't matter how you sweat. Um, I don't have any reason to believe infrared saunas are better than any other saunas, but I also have no reason to think they're worse either. I just, uh, all that counts is sweating. So I assume you've looked at the work of Stephen Genuis up in Edmonton, Alberta. I have not. Him? No. Ah. Uh, um, strong, strong, strong recommendation. You uh, look at some of this research. So he's actually done research with saunas, uh, where he's um, he basically puts the first person in the sauna, scrapes off the sweat, looks at the blood, looks at the urine, and to see what happens. And he he has proven conclusively the saunas are very effective at getting uh, toxins out of the body, many heavy metals, many chemicals, etc. He's he's a fascinating guy. I can't. If I recommend him strong enough. What, what was his name one more time for the listeners? Steve, Stephen Genuous. Stephen Genuous. Right. 
Have you noticed that there is commonly a heat intolerance with women or even in any individual that has a high toxic burden? I've, I've found that when, when someone has a lot of these symptoms of high toxicity, the idea, they usually are not naturally very, they don't sweat easily. And the idea of them going in a sauna is like two minutes in a sauna is, is almost all they can tolerate. Um, they start getting headaches. It's like their, their toxic burden is that high. Is that something that you've experienced? How do you mitigate that? Do you say push through it or do you start slower? What's your approach there? So, so I think that's a good example where if a person is so overloaded, you've got to be extremely careful that the organs of elimination are functioning optimally before you start uh, dumping stuff into people. So that's a, that's a good example. Okay. What are you finding with some of the research? You have a book coming out that focuses on detoxification and, and right. this, this epidemic. What's, what are some of the things that you are seeing that, that may not be on the, the mainstream's radar yet? So in preparation for the book I'm writing, The Detox Cure, which should be out next January, one of the things I did was I hired a couple of really bright Bastyr University graduates to help me answer the question of what percent of chronic disease is due to toxins. So imagine this Excel spreadsheet. Across the top are 18 cancers and 26, 26 diseases. Uh, that's our, our uh, columns. And then down the left-hand side, there's our rows, are 24 uh, toxins. So toxins ranging from metals like mercury and lead to class of chemicals, class of toxins like POPs and B, uh, like a BPA and, and phthalates and pH and things like that. So we've got 1,000 cells in our spreadsheet. And we're now looking at the research to determine what percent of each chronic disease is due to toxins. And, and frankly, the numbers we're finding are utterly stunning. Uh, toxins that are now causing, near as I can tell, at least one half of chronic disease. When you're referring to toxins, are you also, are you including like endotoxins produced by um, pathogens? Good for you. Yes. So, um, I'm, I'm sorry. So, yes, I am. If, if you look at my lectures, I've, I have a, the lecture I now give literally all the world. Uh, in in uh, 2015, I was in New Zealand, Australia twice, Norway, I'm sorry, Scott, uh, Sweden, and uh, London, as well as all my you know North America lectures, and I break toxins into three categories: uh, environmental toxins, what I call endogenous toxins, so toxins produced from within, and the third category is toxins of choice. So at this point, I would say very clearly that the uh, internal toxins are very very substantial as well. Although interestingly enough, they're not what I looked at when I was creating this table. What percentage of mystery illnesses or some of these modern diseases that we're creating names for do you believe are related to infectious causation or low-level pathogens like parasites? Yeah, I know there are people who believe that, and um, I'm not going to dismiss it out of hand. But what I will say is I found enough in uh, other toxins that I don't need to go to things that are even more controversial than toxins. Uh, so, yes, those organisms may be there. Um, I don't tend to see that as... I, I, think, they're, I think they're secondary. 
In fact, I think what's happened is they've gotten a chance, you know, to play more scorpions and things like this. They've gotten a chance to establish themselves in the body, not because of uh, the, t- the, the organisms are so special, uh, although, of course, they've evolved like we have, but more because our bodies are so damaged. Yeah. I mean, even, even parasites can serve a purpose as it comes to clearing mercury from the body. It's not all about, like, I have parasites, I need to eliminate all of the parasites because they may be helping on some levels too, correct? You know, the, the, the case has been made, I think, pretty convincingly, that uh, so much of modern uh, allergic disease, autoimmune disease and such, is simply because we've removed the barriers uh, to the parasites. We've removed parasites from our environment. And those parasites are actually very good at um, protecting us from, us from allergic diseases because we evolved with those parasites. So it's, it's pretty interesting. What, what are some of the strategies that you recommend for people that want to make detoxification a part of their daily routine? Don't let the toxins in. <laughs> I, I did, you look at the half-life of these toxins, ranging from a few hours, which is not too bad, to a few days, which is a little challenging, to months to years. Don't let them in. And the second strategy, of course, is then to eat high fiber and, and nutrient-rich foods. They're not, not very sexy, but I think that those are the primary strategies. Get the fiber in, keep the toxins out. Do you recommend or utilize coffee enemas? No. No? Whether they're valid or not, I don't know. What I do know is that um, it's one of those areas where they're so controversial with little little clear benefit that it doesn't make sense to me to um, take on that particular challenge. Right, right. That makes sense. What are your thoughts on apple cider vinegar? Does it help with... with Cleansing, there's, it's, it's part of so many detoxification programs, and there's, um, it, it rides the wave between esoteric and having scientific validity, and I'm, I'm curious where you stand on the continuum. Of course, I read the book way back when. Uh, I thought it, was a, thought it was pretty, actually, I thought it was pretty interesting. Um, is it valid? Who knows? So, if you look at the pH of, um, of vinegar, uh, it's around 3.5, Okay. So if a person's hypochlorhydric or achlorhydric, then of course that's actually beneficial for them because uh, achlorhydric and hypochlorhydric are pretty common. If a person has normal stomach acidity, uh, then actually the vinegar is going to actually make their stomach more alkaline and less able to digest. So you know, no such thing as a free lunch. So I'm, um, I don't know, maybe this is cynical. I think maybe the best benefit of apple cider vinegar treatment is that makes people more conscious of their health. Ah, that's interesting, so yeah. It's kind of a capillary statement. That's the best I can come up with. Yeah, absolutely. Almost, almost like a pattern interrupt where if they have to, if, they, if they're making a point to go drink the apple cider vinegar, they're also thinking about what else, what other choices right. they're making right. throughout the day. Right. And I think that may underline um, a number of what are called disparagingly fad cures and that is, they may be nothing more than people saying, okay, I'm going to pay attention now to my health. It's probably a good idea. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Is, is DMSA by prescription only, is that something if someone feels like they want to incorporate that into their detoxification program that they can get uh, safely online, or do they need a physician to prescribe it? Um, so it is available uh, from health stores, things like this, to some degree. It's kind of a quasi. It's not. It probably should be in health stores, but it's kind of a quasi drug. It does end up in health stores. You know, as a physician, um, I prescribe it. I get it made up by a compound pharmacy because I want to make sure 
I'm only showing data what I'm expected to get. Sure. Um, I, I want to be respectful of your time. Maybe a, a couple rapid-fire questions about okay. uh, some of the things that you do. What, what does the first 60 to 90 minutes of your day look like? <laughs> right. What you're seeing right now. Uh, <laughs> okay, the beginning of my day is um, I check my email. Uh, I then go and water my plants. I have, uh, we're trying to grow more and more of our plants. So then I go off and uh, water my plants. And my wife makes me a cup of uh, organic coffee. And then I get back to where my writing task is for the day. And by the way, you did, you'll notice there's no breakfast in there. So I have been looking at that thing where you want to try to keep calories out of your body for as long as possible. So I won't have breakfast until around 10.30. Uh, now, I did have that cup of coffee that my wife made for me, so there's some calories there. Did you, did you add anything to the coffee, or was it black? No, it, there, we've got uh, soy milk in it, uh, chipotle chocolate, which means there's some sugar, um, and that's it. Oh, some, some cinnamon, too. Do you, do you make a point to only do organic soy? We, uh, if at all possible, the only things in our house are organic. Okay. We're extreme, we're actually we're pretty serious about that. And what what do you say to people who do not believe that organic matters? Okay, so you're you're gonna love this. So um, you know, so I, I lecture literally again all over the world, all the time. I probably do God, what am I at Rob? I probably do thirty lectures a year. And so I start and now I started this last year where I found this really fascinating study. So I, I look at the audience to say now how many of you have been told by your family and friends that you are uh, stupid for wasting money on organically grown foods? Everybody raised their hand, okay, including me. I said, well, let me tell you a study. Study looked at organophosphate pesticides and children's IQ. And the children in the top uh, 10% of um, chemical exposure compared to the bottom 10% of chemical exposure children, uh, if you look at IQ, you find, and you iron out all the socioeconomic differences, you find that the kids who are with the highest level of chemical toxins, some of the ones who eat conventionally grown foods, have an IQ drop of seven points. This has now been reproduced with three studies, and one study followed these kids for seven years, and they still have a seven-point drop in IQ. So I look at them and say, not only are you smarter by your organically grown foods, but your children are smarter. That, that's pretty makes good. Makes a point, doesn't it? Yeah. And of course, these kids had double ADHD, and you know, all the diseases are higher. Just you know, organophosphate pesticides are neurotoxins, and they're just devastating. We're, we're poisoning ourselves as a society. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you if you could have a billboard anywhere in the world, where would it be, and what would it say? Yeah, you know, I can answer you flippantly, but it's actually a very interesting question. I'm, I'm, I'm taking the perspective, somebody's going to hand me $10,000 to put up a billboard, a billboard. When am I going to put on it? Yeah. I think it's actually the cost for, I don't know, how many months. Yep. And, and where, based on who you want to see it. Um, well, well, you think, what, what is a belief that you have that other, that other people may think is, is crazy or nuts? Well, in the world of medicine that I'm in, my perspective is that the body has tremendous ability to heal itself. Uh, is not particularly well respected uh, by the conventional community. So you might say my whole life is <laughs> something that's not generally approved. And I've had lots of um, interesting debates with uh, my conventional medicine brethren over the years. And I have to admit, I do find humorous 
that all the things they called quackery that my professors kept alive in the in the medicine for the last over a century are now being proven to be correct. So very very I don't, cool. Don't, don't know what more I can say than that. <laughs> and um, and and you have a book coming out. Uh, you said January of 2017 called the Detox Cure. Can can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. Yeah, so. Um, yeah, you know, so I've been I've been involved in medicine for a long time, and so I've had a chance to see, you know, what makes people sick and how it's changed over time, and so that's why I'm doing this book because now uh, toxins become the primary cause of disease, and that's that's what this is all about. I'm just basically being a broken record everywhere I go, saying, you know, in which the patients are sick is because of toxins. You know, you got to get them out of the body. So that's avoiding getting in, getting them out of the body. That's what I do now. And for, for listeners who want to stay up to date with what you're working on and the book when it's released, where's the best place for them to do that? So I do a website, drpizzorno.com, which I'm not very good at maintaining. <clears throat> so D-R-P-I-Z-Z-O-R-N-O.com. Fantastic. Well, Dr. Pizzorno, I know you're a very busy man. I appreciate you being so generous with your time and, and sharing your wisdom today. It's, it's been a lot of fun. Um, it has been. I, I thank you, and I'm excited to check out your book. Great. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Have a great day. This episode is brought to you by the Quantlet. The Quantlet is a wearable device similar to the Fitbit Charge HR that can help maximize your body's performance. Now, whereas the Fitbit Charge HR does so by providing additional data points and modifying behavior, the Quantlet does so by modifying cellular biology. And it does this through a concept called photobiomodulation. Photobiomodulation delivers multiple frequencies of light into the body, specifically through the radial and ulnar arteries on the wrist. And these frequencies have been scientifically proven to improve tissue repair, reduce inflammation, and eradicate pain. The end result to you is increased exercise capacity, delayed onset of fatigue, better mood, and improved sleep patterns. The Quantlet also extracts heat from the body using the Peltier effect through a thermoelectric cooling mechanism, which then improves your body's capacity to perform at its best because of this light and cold energy. The Quantlet is available for pre-order at www.thequantlet.com forward slash biohacks. That's www.quantlet.com forward slash biohacks. The Quantlet will be released in September 2016, and I've got my pre-order in already. And I can't wait. This episode is brought to you by NaturalActionTechnologies.com. If you're looking for water with the same energetic, life-enhancing properties that you would find in a mountain stream, the same properties that easily cross cellular membranes and help our bodies to maintain proper hydration, then I highly suggest you check out NaturalActionTechnologies.com. Their portable is my go-to unit for creating structured water on the go. It neutralizes toxins in the water by changing the molecular structure, leveraging an advanced understanding of the vortex phenomenon. This pure water gives me increased energy, greater hydration, it detoxifies pollutants, and it improves illness immunity. I also use the structured shower head. Since using the shower head, I've noticed major improvements in both my skin and my hair. The shower head also eliminates itchy skin from chlorinated water and gets rid of hard water buildup that can accumulate. You can learn more about the portable and the shower head and other natural water products at naturalactiontechnologies.com. That's natural. ActionTechnologies.com.